every person needs to figure out what is the best balance for them and what's their focus depending on their stage of life. You know, if somebody's maybe they've they've achieved a lot and they've worked very hard, they might be in a better position to afford certain things. Mm-hmm. So different strokes for different folks, but ultimately everybody should have the understanding, basic financial literacy to break it down for themselves. Welcome to the What Next Podcast, hosted by Sean Reed, where we pay it forward through conversations. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring person or message to help you on your journey to discover what's next for you. Richie, how is your mental health today? <laughs> mental health today, mental health today, um, difficult question. How I feel right now, I mean, I would say stressed. I was stressed, um, yeah. tired. Um, work at this point in time is a little bit um, kind of crazy, so okay. um, not as balanced as I would want right now. So um, mental health is just kind of focus on some work deliverables. Um, I think post that, I think I'll be in a much better place mm-hmm. um, overall. Is there anything that you do to work on your mental health to keep it in check or to prior to prior to this period? And when I say period, I really should say prior to the last few years. Um, I had a much better balanced life in terms of stuff that I do outside of work, you know. Um, stuff that I do outside of work, you know. Um, I was, uh, I love photography. I love traveling. Um, you know, I love going to the gym. I love football. So there are a few things that I could do that can, you know, give me that balance. But unfortunately, contributed by COVID, um, that, that, that balance hasn't been there as much. Yeah. It's kind of been focused more on work. And sometimes I find that it's a little bit difficult now to, to pull yourself back out to kind of get back that balance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pretty stressed at this point. <laughs> pretty stressed. Pretty stressed. Okay, cool. So you are somebody who is in the investment area, etc., right? Mm-hmm. What what made you choose this field in the first place? Choose this field? Well, choose that. I've always had this affinity, love for money. Not that bad love for money, but that good love for money. I've always been interested in it. So I mean, from university days, you know, I've admired persons who were in the field, you know, that whole Wall Street um, lifestyle. So from that point in time, I kind of knew fairly early, early 20s, that this is kind of the career path that I want to go along. Um, And everything along that has really, everything that I've done along the way has really been along that path. Education-wise, you know, from school, from external exams has been towards just investing, financial literacy, everything related to that do you think that we do a good job as it relates to informing people of how to be financially literate how not to be wasteful how to invest wisely etc what i will say is that i think it has improved considerably over the last uh, five years you have a lot more smaller retail investors that are getting involved in investing and in the stock market naturally because the stock market has done so well between maybe 2015 and 2019 i mean it has it has pulled people in so people are taking a lot more charge of their you know financial well-being and being more active and that's a positive thing and by retail investors i mean individual people individual people you know prior to that you know our culture maybe was that it was maybe skewed towards the the institutional and the larger players you know the pension funds and stuff like that but over the last five years i think retail persons have gotten a lot more savvy mm-hmm. a lot more knowledgeable and it, to me it's just it's, it's very encouraging i like to see it you're seeing a lot of these things come up on twitter these podcasts mm-hmm. related to investing people have these different groups they're discussing things openly 
explaining amongst themselves so to me i think that over the next 10 years it's going to be very exciting for the market is there any age you think me is too young to start talking about investing or it's open for everybody i wouldn't say too young but you want to start to let kids or children understand the value of money as early as possible mm -hmm. the value of money um that you don't have to be nobody has to be a warren buffett investing their buying their first stock from their 11 or 10 <laughs> um but you have to understand the value of money and just basic concepts of mm -hmm. supply demand i mean just basic concepts of what's happened you know why uh, why should you make that investment why should you buy this the utility you get from it whatever it is yeah um as early as possible so the earlier people can start it will be it will definitely be better for them yeah the earlier people start so i want i would look for and when people are 18 and 19 and 20 mm -hmm. you know as they're getting their you know they're starting their first job they're putting away something small i'm not talking about how much now just the mentality and the psychology behind it if you can start at that age you'll be in a much better position you don't want to be 35 40 trying to start yeah because now you've developed your you might not develop those traits or skills you're starting later the yeah. earlier the better with most things yeah. so um i'm very encouraged by what is happening on the market now i actually saw somebody say the other day that save when you're broke because getting money doesn't create habits and so therefore if you can save when you're broke when you get money you save even more absolutely it's it's, it's such a discipline it's a such discipline. a it's such a discipline that it takes a lot of restraint you know you read all these books you hear these podcasts i mean it's put forward over generations pay yourself first and it is something that is very real you'd be surprised the psychology behind it when you take out that money for investing you make sure whatever is left works yeah you know what I mean? You make sure whatever is left works for you. It's a, it's a psychology. The psychology behind it is so deep that, you know, once you have the discipline, and that's what I think financial, um, being financially independent over time is really a function of who is more disciplined. Yeah. Because if you don't have that discipline and you get this whack of money via your parents or some lump sum, if you don't have the discipline, that money is going to disappear in no time. It's really going to boil down to discipline. So it starts with discipline. Um. You know, when I think about it, right, you say that us retail investors are increasing now. But the other things that one would consider liabilities, people do a better job at advertising. So whether it is get a car, get a fancy fridge, get a new coach. And I feel as if clearly, you know, investment houses make money off of us, obviously, right? But it also benefits us better than buying a car or, or, buying a car or you know, a coach or a fridge. Do you think that investment houses do a good enough job to market to people? And therefore, when I am 21 years old, like, perfect example, finished UTech, started working, I wanted to buy a car. That, that's, a, that's a goal, right? That seemed cool. Do you think that investment houses do a good enough job to say, when you're speaking to your friends, you should be showing off, lack of a better word, hey, I just bought some stocks. That's cooler than buying a car because those stocks will benefit you. Um, what I can say is that I think it is getting better. You have to, we have to kind of differentiate between maybe banks mm. <laughs> who are the ones advertising loans right? versus maybe brokerage houses, which are more for the investing per se, because we're not investing in banks. Banks are there to, to, to lend. Right. That's their business model. Um, once financial literacy increases, people will be better able to manage and understand the difference between so, for example, people say, but buying a car is, ne is a necessity sometimes because maybe the, the transport system might be as efficient. That means that there are delays if you're moving from X to Y and Z. And that means that 
that's going to contribute to inefficiency in your life. Mm-hmm. So a car is necessary. So we'll talk about maybe the type of car they want to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will come over time with, with literacy, with financial literacy increases and you, you kind of surround yourself with persons who have the same mindset that we have to plan and we have to, we have to invest for the long term. So right now, if we can afford a small car, we take the small car. It's mm-hmm. carrying us from A to B. But if we continue along this path, will be in a better position in five and ten years. Right. Um, and I think that the, the brokerage houses are getting better at it, at advertising and, and supporting financial literacy. Oh. You have a lot of these things across, um, you know, that is very open. Now, for example, this thing called Stocks on the Rocks, mm-hmm. where there's, there's a very open discussion that they have about investing and they're asking general people, you know, what are you looking at in the market? Which company do you like? It's for all persons, not for the persons who are savvy. It's for the persons who are not necessarily savvy mm-hmm. for you to hear and understand. So, and, and, and I know the persons behind it, they're pushing it towards out of Kingston. So they're gone, recently they went to, I think it was Portland. They've been to Montego Bay. So they're, they're pushing financial literacy across the island. And I think once people have a better understanding and they start earlier, they will be able to differentiate between... <laughs> Uh, living that posh lifestyle and investing, mm-hmm. I think it'll get better over time. Yeah. I think that, because to be very honest, when I had finished UTEC, you know, I was given the opportunity to sit down with, um, at the time, a young investor who was at NCB Capital Markets to speak to us as young people about investing. He gave us some good advice, which I followed for about three to four months, <laughs> right? And then again, that wasn't a cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that whether it is even in school, in university, I don't think that schools do a very good job of equipping people for the real world at all. Agree. It there's nothing wrong with learning, I don't know, differentiation, integration, but the reality is is that there should be a course on investing. There should be a course on how to um, apply for a passport. There should be a course on these real life things that we have to do and once school ends we're pushed into the, into the world and we're, we're confused. Uh, I, I think that's getting better to us. I, I know that there are some courses at, at high school. Is it entrepreneurship now? Started with that. I know that at university, they started doing some entrepreneurship. So okay. at least they've started that process of showing people that it's not just about the, uh, the book, uh, trying to find the right political <laughs> term. Um, you want more practical yeah. um, information being passed yeah. on that everybody can use from people who even know how to calculate taxes. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? They don't even understand GCT, income tax. Some people might not necessarily know that. Um, but it's getting better, though. Um, and I see that a lot of adverts around the way are, are across, you know, out there now in terms of, in, especially during the Christmas period, people are saying, well, why don't you donate some stocks to people? Mm. Why, don't you do, why don't you buy some, a, Christmas, a nice yeah. Christmas gift, Christmas stockings, you know? Yeah. Uh, how about this? Buy them two stocks. Here, here's a gift serve for 10000 and 20000 mm. So, you know, that shows me that people are more understanding now that, it's not just all about, you know, the fancy and the flashy life, but materialistic things. things. Correct. But they, I always tell people that there has to be this balance. Yeah. So we're not going to tell people that, listen, just invest all of your money and don't buy anything that is material, you know, cars and whatever. But every person needs to figure out what is the best balance for them and what's their focus, depending on their stage of life. You know, if somebody's maybe they've, they've achieved a lot and they've worked very hard, they might be in a better position to afford certain things. Mm-hmm. So different strokes for different folks, but ultimately, everybody should have the understanding, basic financial literacy to break it down for themselves. So, so one end of the spectrum is people not knowing enough and not doing enough. Is there another end of the spectrum that you've seen or that you think 
of people maybe investing too much. So you get paid $10, I invest $10. And as you say, you, you don't do anything at all. You don't spend time with friends. Is there a downside to that? Whether is it you? is financially or mentally? Well, naturally, you want to have a balance with everything in life. I'm going to tell people that, you know, everybody needs to find a balance for them. Balance, does, balance for me is different from for balance for you. Yeah. If that's your focus and that brings you satisfaction, you have this internal utility that you get from it then. I mean, go right ahead. If that's what you, if you don't need to socialize with people and your focus is on just investing and making the best of that, then I tell people, do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, we don't want to lose focus on the more critical and important things in life. You know, family and friends, relationships, etc. So each person needs to find that balance. Yeah. You know, we want to be financially independent. Um, we want to be investing appropriately. We want to be see. We love to see our portfolio growing over time. But it really should be at expense of the, the basic things that we need in life, interactions and people. And remember, you know, uh, there's going to be a day where we're, gonna, we're not going to be here. Mm-hmm. So we really shouldn't be just saving up. I mean, we have to save for a purpose, right. <laughs> exactly. an objective, you know, not saving just because. So we should be able to buy some stuff for ourselves at some point in time or, or you know, or treat your wife or your husband to something. I mean, mm-hmm. that's perfectly fine. Go on trips, you know, live a little bit. So every person has to find that, that, that balance for them. Yeah. I, I tell nobody how to live that, how to find that balance. <laughs> Some people say that, you know, listen, I, I don't know when my last days, I'm going to I'm gonna want to have invest an X amount, anything yeah. after that amount. Fun. It's for fun and doing whatever I want for the month. I've, I've, I'm disciplined. Yeah. I've, in, I've saved 20%. Yeah. I've invested 20%. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do with the next, the rest of it. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine. It's still have a discipline to it. Yeah. Is it right now, as at, you know, July 2022, is it easy for someone to open an investment account? To open an investment account? I think so. It's gotten a whole lot easier. It's going to get easier. Okay. Um, it's going to get... It's, and that's, that's where I think it is a lot better than it was five and ten years right. ago. It, it, you know, it's not taking days. Once you have the necessary information, you can get an account open in a day. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and that's what I love about where we are going generally as a country. And just overall, it's, technology is driving that. Yeah. So it's, there's not supposed to be any form of impediment that prevents anybody from opening an account. For example, if you want to open a stock account, there's no minimum. You don't have to. You don't have to worry about that. It's mm-hmm. not a product that you need two hundred thousand or whatever. Listen, once you can buy a stock and a stock market, you're good. Yeah. You don't have to worry about minimums anymore. So it's really up to you and whatever you as an individual can afford. Yeah. Yeah, man. So there's no. That's not an impediment in terms of the time frame or. To open an account, not anymore. Most brokerage houses, you can open it within a day, maximum two days. That is, I remember again, opening accounts probably 15, 20 years ago now, and it was 5,000 pieces of paperwork, etc. Yeah. Uh, a few years ago, still not a paperwork, but as bad. Are we trending towards digital opening accounts? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, man. That is a tr- well. The truth is that I can't even speak about any my brokerage firm. Fair enough. Or, I, I'm, I'm, but I can say that across the industry, generally, that is what is happening. People want to be able to sign up online with easy, um, sending your information digitally. You're approved. All the necessary information. You're yeah. approved in no time. Right. And we're bringing down that time. Yeah, man. So people speed. That's what this. That's what this generation requires. Speed yes. and ease. So people don't want to be have to be calling in to to give. Um, an advisor instructions for them to go and execute. That's why we have all these apps and you can yes. execute via apps now. You can do it yourself. Yeah. You know, DIY investing now is a yeah. big thing. Yeah. And, and that is where the market is, is, is going. 
you do it yourself you have access to do it yourself and it's it's it, it, it's very it's very good to watch and see it given where we are coming from 10 15 years ago <laughs> yeah. to where we're going now where I can, I can pick up my phone and execute a trade on my phone within in 30 seconds yeah i don't need to call anybody i don't need to send an email i can do it by myself locally internationally so i don't think that's an impediment an impediment no i definitely won't be going forward because if the time frame you now is two days on average mm. in, in in two years time it's probably going to be one day yeah i mean i <clears throat> I bought some crypto online and that's a whole different board game definitely different jurisdictions I understand all of that yeah. but I was able to open a crypto account online in five minutes yeah, right I'm telling you it just instantly again total different regulations but do you think that based on our current regulation in Jamaica etc that we can get there yeah man because we keep on pushing the envelope we keep on pushing the envelope mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure that if we look at where we are now 10 years ago we just weren't even thinking about right. it. And I think that uh, given how competitive the market is, no matter how, when it reaches one day, yeah. they're going to say, can we get it down into half yeah. a day? They're one day keep, too long. Yeah, man, it's going to be too long. It's going to be too long. So I believe given the trajectory of how we have been operating and how competitive the market is, mm-hmm. the, the brokerage industry is, I, I think they're going to see a lot more improvements in that regard. I'm assuming that the regulators probably have had these rules and roadblocks for maybe security reasons. Mm-hmm. Is there any loss of security with the shrinking of time based on where we are now? Well, I, do, I definitely know that there's not going to be sacrificed. Okay. That's not going to be sacrificed <laughs> whatsoever. It's just that, no, we have to use technology in such a manner that allows us to be quicker. Okay. That's all. Because, you know, data protection are coming and all of that. So I don't think that anybody's going to have any wiggle room for for skirting that yeah. for, you know those regulations any at all so it's just a matter of how can we do- get it done quicker okay and that is what i think the market young this generation now that is what they want they want it now they want it now want at it their now. fingertips so for example something as simple as you might have a an account at a broker and you want a statement you know what you know all your secu- all your assets that you have back in the day you have to call them or you have to wait until it's mailed to your, yeah. your house for you to know that's not that's not 2022 mm-hmm. 2022 is that you need to go on an app click i want my statement get it sent to you and you view it or you view it online Media real day. time yeah that is where the market is yeah. so if we can't compete in that market generally then you're gonna have a problem yeah. it's about speed of execution speed of everything if they can't get it now yeah and i mean for me everybody wins so i have you know, gone to whether it's open a counter, you know, get a loan. And the thought of having to go into a branch is disgusting. It is disgusting, right? And unfortunately, some places in Jamaica still have this thing where you have to go to your branch, right? So the branch, it, it, it makes no sense. And so I'm very happy to hear that we're actually making trends in the right direction. Absolutely. I mean, the truth is that COVID has had a negative effect overall mm-hmm. but within that there have there, there there's been some positives we never would have thought that we could have been working from home yeah i have some people at work that i've seen them two times in two years yeah and i've been working perfectly fine so so for me it has it's a positive in that regard we have we open our eyes to the things that we can do mm-hmm. we don't need to go into a branch we can do things electronically mm-hmm. we can do things we don't need that anymore yeah and i think that that's going to be it's gonna be it's slowly gonna to move towards that maybe not as fast as fast as we probably think yeah. but gradually it's gonna to move towards that we really don't need to come into 
we don't need to come into the branch for everything. Yeah. You know, we don't need to come into the branch for everything. So so you spoke about investing, you know, starting as young as possible, but it makes sense. Mm -hmm. What about persons who have not? So you're 45 now and you have not, and you want to hopefully secure something for your future, for your retirement, maybe for your children, etc. What is the best route or, you know, for someone like that? It's never too late to start. There's a better time, but it's never too late. <laughs> yeah. That's the first thing. Um, You have to speak to somebody who, an advisor, mm -hmm. somebody who is a financial advisor who can break it down for you. Um, get an understanding of your risk profile, your objectives, a full picture of your assets and liabilities and break it down and say, what are your objectives? And from that, they can kind of craft um, the best avenue given your stage of life. Because that matters. You know, for example, if you're 20 or 25, the type of portfolio that they might construct for you might be very different from when you're 45 because you might be... You're, 15 years away from public retirement yeah um so the products and, and that, that are being offered for you will be quite different mm -hmm. but again they are products for all stages of life yeah. so it's just a matter of having that um conversation with somebody who's a professional to look at it holistically every aspect of it so some people don't we only look at sometimes one you know look at the stock portfolio but they don't look at the bonds or they don't take into consideration that you have a pension contributing already for the last 20 years you know, people, for example, that's a big thing. So when you talk about show me your, uh, your portfolio and your, your asset, they'll show you a statement mm -hmm. with some stocks and some bonds and whatever, but they won't even consider the fact that you're contributing to a pension plan. Right. It's just that you don't get that money until retirement, but right. it's your money. Right. You can put it on paper. It's just, you just can't get it now. Right. That's all it is. Yeah. That's all it is. So, and that should be a part of it. And that's why I say you have to have that holistic approach, you know, that, well, I have $10 million based on my projected amount that I got for my pension statement. I'm going to have 10 or $15 million in, at 60. All right, cool. How much else do I need? How do I need to craft or construct the other portion of the portfolio now? And then at that point in time, I'll have X mm -hmm. when I add it together. So we need to have somebody who's going to sit down and have that comprehensive conversation with you, taking into consideration all your obligations. So people don't say, they, they will say, all right, then, Let's talk about what are your plans. And I say, yeah, man, I want to make money. Yeah, it has to be a little bit deeper than that. For example, what are your objectives? Not knowing that, well, you have a, you have a child that they're going to university in five years. Right. That needs to be a part of that discussion. Right. Because that's a big chunk now. So you're investing for that period. And so, I mean, that's why you have somebody with a sit down. It's, it's not a, I know sometimes people say it, but it's something that is not, it's not as easy. Yeah. To think about every aspect of it, financial planning, cash flow management, it's not as easy. It's something that it, it takes a lot of discipline. And then going back to what you said earlier, if we don't have financial literacy, we don't know what to look for. Correct. Um, do you, is is investing for every socioeconomic level? Absolutely. Because I, I know you have people out there who think, okay, that's the people who work in New Kingston or people who wear a suit and tie or whatever mm -hmm. the case is. So if I am selling something in the market, is investing for me? Is it accessible to me? Every person. You have a TRN? Well, there you go. I mean, you can open up an account. You have documents. You can open up an account. You can invest in the stock market. You can invest. Mm -hmm. There's some products, of course, that might be geared towards um, persons with a, with a different starting amount mm -hmm. based on the risk of that product. Right. And that's understandable. You know, the regulations kind of want to protect people um, mm -hmm. from themselves sometimes. But investing is for every single person. Mm -hmm. Everybody invests, you know. Some people just invest in themselves. True. 
True. You know, when you're when you're buying and selling stuff, that I means you're investing in your business. Mm-hmm. Just like you're not investing in another person's business. That's only that's the only difference. So there's no there's no special category. Okay. No special category. Investing is for every single person. I think that's important for people to know. And I mean, this goes back to what I said earlier. And hopefully, it will change over time. I just don't think the marketing is done well enough to you know touch every socioeconomic class, to touch the youth, to show investing is cool. Investing is not just for old people or mature people. It's for everybody. It's cool. It it should have the same flashy, um, sexiness to it like, um, a car ad or a courts ad where you hey I want to do this I want to do it yeah man and I think that there's room for improvement in that regard and what companies are doing now is finding different ways to scale mm-hmm. different ways to scale different ways to service every person no matter how much money you have right. and that's why technology is so critical once you have the technology then it won't matter if you're investing five thousand dollars or five hundred thousand dollars yeah because you're doing it online you're transferring your money you're executing for yourself so it doesn't matter mm. that is why technology matters got you, got so you. back in the day when technology wasn't there as much the cost to service somebody of ten thousand dollars versus the cost of service somebody of right. five hundred thousand the focus will always be on the, the bigger big person yeah because you get more money per Per, per customer right. based on that. Yeah. But that is why technology is very critical and it's going to be the success or the determining factor as to how financial literacy improves. That is what we need. So as the cost to serve customers come down, you can service a wider range of customers. Wider range. It won't matter anymore because it's not, it's not increasing or impacting your back office. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter anymore. It's straight to processing, automation. So it doesn't matter if you're 5,000 or 5 million. Yeah. It's the same time, same resources, or if you get 100 more clients, it's mm-hmm. not impacting your back office. And, right. and that is why technology across the industry matters. Yeah. One person can't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah across yeah. the industry, ensure that there's competition. And I think once that continues, um, you're going to see the cost come down. It's going to be so much easier to service all clients. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. It, I don't know. I think that is there still a taboo as it relates to speaking about money. I mean, people don't want to talk about it, and therefore, I may be doing something, and I may not come to you talk about it because maybe I assume I can't afford it. And so, instead of helping a friend who may want to invest a dollar, I assume he doesn't have ten dollars, and therefore, it's a whole taboo thing about I think, it. I think the taboo is a cultural thing. People are just private with their. With their finances, mm-hmm. I think that's just, that's just cultural. You know, we, we don't share salaries just like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a big thing. You yeah. know, people don't share salaries, so because of that, um, we don't share as much information about investing. Because if you tell somebody that you know, come let's buy this or do that, and the minimum is a large amount, right. then you're telling him that you can afford that. Right. And if he says no, he's telling you that he can't afford it. So, you know, and that's why the whole, we need to have a wider range of products and we're having a wider range of products that can capture everybody, <laughs> everybody, everybody. So that, you know, we don't have too many products that are just for high net worth people. Yeah. We have to have products that are similar products that can capture everybody. So everybody can participate. Everybody gets the same type of returns with the same type of risk, not just for a certain caliber of person. So, <laughs> so I mean, I guess, yeah. So I guess there is two ways to attack, to attack the problem, right? So one, yes, as a financial host, you want to have a wide range of products, but also financial literacy as well, I think, will hopefully change the culture about speaking about it. Because at, at the end of the day, 
if you know I make ten dollars or not, does it impact does it impact the fact I make ten dollars? Correct. And I shouldn't feel ashamed. I should feel it doesn't matter how much money you make. You should be proud that you're working to make your money. It's as simple as that. And, and I, I see it improving because I'm a part of some of these groups mm-hmm. um, that have a thousand people, fifteen hundred people, and they're, they're, I mean just to sit and observe the stuff that they're talking about. I'm just saying that when I hear the age of some of these people, I'm like. At, at that age, I never knew as much as, as they did. Mm-hmm. I did know as much, but they're 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 talking, they're following the news. I'm telling you, they're some of the, they're following the news more than I follow it. Yeah, they're they're following the info. I mean, it's just amazing as some of these young people how much they know. There's some groups of people who are 22. They're telling you all the stuff happening on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Mm-hmm. They don't care about bonds. They just mm-hmm. care about stocks. Yeah, because that's where the money is. You know what I mean? Yeah, risk reward. Um, but it's it's changing. It's changing that financial history and the group just keeps on getting bigger. Yeah. And my, the thing is that if you're getting a lot of younger people, then over time, those same people, yeah. when they have kids, they're going to make sure that their kids now are financially literate and then it will just be better overall for the society. But it's a cycle um, and it's going to take some time, but I see it happening. I see it. I'm, I'm on these podcasts, I'm on these different things online and I'm looking at the numbers and I'm telling you, it's it's getting better. Information is not as sparse. Yeah. So to say, you know what I mean? They're finding different ways now. Everybody's reading the research reports that are coming out. They're doing their own due diligence. I mean, I'm telling you, at, at 21, I was not doing that. I think what is also important, as simple as it may be, and I don't know her, but the fact that Kalila Reynolds speaks about it is important. Mm-hmm. It there are some industries, I mean, I'm in the IT industry, which is traditionally male-oriented, mm-hmm. right? And so there's something, there's something about finance, about investing, that, ha- that has always been a man in a suit doing it. Mm-hmm. And so just having her speaking about it makes a big difference. And I think that, you know, there needs to be a large range of people talking about it, male, female, old, young, it doesn't matter. So mm-hmm. that's it. There's a there's a someone to look up to no matter what age range or sex. Yeah, man, and people like her and there are several other persons. They're bridging that gap. Yeah, and, and their aim is to break it down. Yeah. So, for example, you might have IPOs. You might have different issues that invite the persons, the CEOs from the different companies to come and invite them to break it down. Right. And she keeps the information very simple for people. So it's really for the persons who you don't know as much and you're starting out. Everything that they go through the prospector sometimes, they said, this is what you need to look for. These are the risks. These are the positives. These mm. are the negatives. So people like her, amongst the several other persons, they are bridging that gap. Yeah. And then sometimes they're not even necessarily from, they're from the industry or they don't necessarily, they're not connected to yeah. financial houses. Yeah. So financial houses, we have a responsibility also to do our own social media podcasts yeah. to make sure we're breaking it down for everybody. Everybody needs to be a part of that movement. It needs to be a movement. Yeah. Um, but to your point though, I think there is a benefit that they're not a part of financial houses because it would seem as if it's nonpartisan. Because if burrito comes and talk to me about stocks, I'll ask you what to sell me a burrito product mm-hmm. versus maybe looking out for my best interest. And, and sometimes it can be, it can be too. It can, mm. it can be your best interest can can be beneficial to me. It can be beneficial mm. beneficial to you. Um, I, I don't think any financial house is gonna sell anything necessarily that is not to your benefit. <laughs> okay. Um, but naturally, no different than a bank when they issue a loan, yeah. it's, it's gonna benefit them. Right. And it will benefit you because you'll get an asset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so there is alignment, I believe, in the main. 
Um, and I think it would, it would really get better as competition increases. Uh, we want to provide all clients with as many different options as possible. And you want to show them the options because sometimes you, if you're not in the field, you might not hear about it, you might not know. So they're showing you. This. We need to find ways to distribute that information also and distribute that information in a very clear, basic, simple. And that's something that we even we had to learn to do internally mm. because sometimes you know when we write reports sometimes it could be a little bit technical because that's what we know we have to know that we have to remember remember the audience who are we who are we speaking to we need to break it down and make sure it's as simple as possible for if anybody picks it up they can say okay i think that every field every industry suffers from the same thing where we speak in our jargon and we believe that by speaking in our jargon some people that um it makes us seem smart not realizing that the real skill is being able to break it down to anybody if you can teach somebody who's a non-professional in that skill set something that's the real skill absolutely uh, and that's something that we had to really learn and sometimes because people are passionate they're just writing them you know that's what they've learned they just and yeah it takes a skill to kind of be able to break it down to a, in a yeah. different language a different lingo to make sure that every single person who brings it up who reads it um they understand it very clearly but there's also a responsibility on the end user side you know i tell people all the time is that uh, based on feedback from person externally they would say well sometimes reports are too long yeah reports are too long and i understand totally however here's my counter argument when we are buying cars we're buying phones we will read we will read gsm arena we will read everything under the sun. Watch a thousand YouTube videos on it. A thousand YouTube videos, but we can't read three pages. For money. For something that will <laughs> benefit you. Yeah. It can make you money. Yeah. And I'm saying that we also, there's a responsibility on the end user to make sure that we understand too. We just want, we kind of just want the, the recommendation without reading yeah. it. Buy this tomorrow. Yeah. Life is not that great. <laughs> Everybody has to do their own due diligence. And I want people to do the same due diligence to do and buying a computer. They'll read, they'll do the comparisons, they understand the specs, you know, everything about it. They've taken days, sometimes weeks, because they can't decide. But when it comes to investing, they want to make that decision based on getting, just tell me what to do. Yeah. Sometimes life is not that great and we have to take responsibility. So with, with financial literacy, it becomes a financial responsibility. So that leads into my next question, which is, obviously, I'm spending my money, therefore it's my responsibility. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, obviously, mm -hmm. right? But do you think that there is enough guidance, right? So let's just say that I currently have five stocks at Mayberry, mm -hmm. right? Five, uh, and should my advisor be saying, hey, Sean, I realize that stock A is going down. You better sell it and go and buy stock B. Or is it up to me to do all of that? It's, it makes sense. It's a very difficult question. Well, you asked me the hard questions on, on this <laughs> thing. Uh, it's difficult. So here's what companies uh, we need to find a mechanism in terms of how we distribute information so it can't be for me to call you and me to call andre and me to call john That's time consuming we back to the cost of serve customer cost of serve and how we leverage technology yeah. to pass that information out to say listen this is what we're seeing this is our views we want you to know that this is what we think about it mm -hmm. it's going down it's not material it's just because of the market but we think that actually it's a better time to buy more mm -hmm. so you know, we're sending that information, I think you should buy more. Or, I don't like what's happening in China. It's going to impact them over the medium term. So, I think you should sell now. Mm -hmm. 
if we have to use technology to get yeah. that done. I can't be, I can't call fifteen people. Correct. Correct. If you think about that, so when I call you and I say, Sean, I don't I think this stack is I don't like all these two stacks you're looking. You're gonna say, Really? Why T- tell me about <laughs> it? That's five, ten minutes yeah. on the phone with you. How many persons can we do that with? Yeah. You have to use technology to leverage. Um use leverage technology to get that out. Then you won't have to worry. Mm-hmm. You know, robo robo advisory has to be a part of it. And then you have to have the back back end research to support it. Yeah, that supports it. So that's critical. But robot advisory has to be the way forward, in my estimation. Um, but there is a responsibility on of you yeah. to review, of course, periodically. Um, but how much noise? The balance noise where we're gonna I think we're trying to find out right. how much of that. Um, because you might not be watching it day to day. You might watch it every week. Mm-hmm. So you watch it every Friday, but something happened on Monday or Tuesday. You know, how do you know? Yeah. You need to have that mechanism to pass the information to you. And you need to make sure that you're in tune with it if you're getting that information. Some people get information and they don't read it. Is there, so that's a good question. <laughs> so, or a good point. When you're about to buy your IPOs, mm-hmm. right? And then maybe there is an annual report mm-hmm. or a quarterly report, mm-hmm. right? Is there information being, being distributed or publicly available consistently that I can make a decision? Well, it should be. It should be. Um, every quarter, you should get some kind of update, summary, um, that allows you to say, hmm, okay, that's fine. I can keep it. There's nothing material with information. Um, that's a part of it, again, robo-advisory. Once those, that information comes out, you should be getting that information. Mm-hmm. And that's where the market is going. Okay. You're going to be getting that information real-time for you, to, again, for you to make the decision. Yeah. <laughs> so our responsibility, you know, as an industry, is to get you the information. Right. For you to make the decision because remember you're you're making a decision from your phone yeah i want to sell it no okay no problem i want to buy no okay you're making a decision but only way we can facilitate that is we get you that information yeah. quickly timely yeah right now as everybody wants it they want it right now real time so as the information comes out they want somebody to dissect it yeah break it down yep send it out yep distribute the channel everybody everybody gets out to the email yeah this is what you should do and whoever does that the best is going to be the leader interesting interesting is there a is there a reason why stock markets close why stock markets close every day yeah well so yeah why can't you trade 24 7 for example uh, uh, well like everything else it has to be a start date and you know a start <laughs> time and an end time um but yeah man like everything else man it, it, you know the question is probably the time okay or early you know, our stock market closed very early. And we think they've been lobbying to get it open longer. Okay. You know, like, can you get more trading activity? What time was it closed now? At 1.30 or is it 1? Oh, it opens at what time? 9.30. So it's four hours. Yeah, you know, middle of somebody's day. Not even reach lunchtime yet, yeah, properly. Yeah. Versus, you know. Is there, is there a functional reason as to why that's the case? Yeah, man, there is. Okay. okay. Well, yeah, man, there's a functional okay. reason um, why they do it. But they're trying to lobby to see if they can get it to maybe three o'clock. What do, let's say, in America or Asia, what do those markets do? Yeah, somewhere around 3.30. Okay. 3.34. Okay. So it's a longer time. The longer you open it for. Right. There's more opportunity for the brokers. Yeah, everybody. And people want to trade. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's more opportunity if everybody would win. Yeah. You know? Um, so I think we need to move towards that. I mean, we're, we're, we're still the best, most liquid, most efficient stock market within the region, mm. but it shows that we still have some... Yeah, some room to go. Some room to, to okay. improve. Okay, pretty interesting. It, it's, I really hope that we go to a place where it's just more accessible. And whether the accessibility 
is based on real or perceived mm -hmm. i hope it opens up you know the same way people feel the same way people are like okay i want to buy a car but boy, i probably can't go ncb but i got a credit union mm -hmm. or i can go torpedo loan which is not regular you know mm -hmm. you get the point right? <laughs> um people should feel as if stocks is for me as well yeah. any any individual any human being it's it's also for me you can you can open up an account at any brokerage house yeah any brokerage house um, and once you do that, you can have your own J Trader, which is a personalized. You can log on and do all the trades for yourself. You know, it's so open now. So maybe if you're asking me that, maybe that's something that as an industry we need to improve and market more. Mm -hmm. That it is not, it's no segment anymore. Right. There's no segment anymore. Right. Anybody can. They can't turn your back. Yeah. Can't turn your back. It, it's one thing if, as an entity, you may want to market a particular way, mm -hmm. but they can't turn your back. Not going turn your back. Yeah. Want to open up my account? You meet the due diligence. You don't have to worry about it. Fair enough. What advice would you tell your 20-year-old self, 30-year-old self? What advice you would tell your old, your previous selves? And what advice would you give, you know, a young person today? Start or in terms of specifically related to investing? Or just a life. Oh, balance. Um, <laughs> balance. I, tell you, I can't speak enough about that. Yeah. Um, and it's not because of the current situation, you know, in terms <laughs> of work. But um, it's, something, it's, a, it's a guiding principle. And I know I'm not as effective and functional when I'm out of balance. Mm -hmm. um, so if, if from an investing standpoint, starting early as possible is, is critical. Yeah, man. Developing that discipline, critical. Same thing, I think, if you're buying a house, if you can get it as early as possible, yeah, man. Do those things early. Make those sacrifices early. You'll time flies. If you start at 25, believe you me, in no time you're 35. So... Uh, but I guess only when you're 35, you realize how, how, how quickly time yeah. flies, right? Um, I would say just, just start early. Invest in yourself as much as possible. I think that's something very critical. Sometimes we look at it as a cost, but when it comes to investing in yourself, it's not really a cost. It's just a, it's an investment that you'll reap over, over the yeah. medium term. Um, you have to understand that you're going to make, you have to make several sacrifices in life. Several facts. And one of them might be time. And you can't get it back. And so you go. Um, <laughs> but again, you have to just have that, 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 that desire. You have to have that desire. And once you have that desire, that focus, that understanding, I think you'll be okay over time. So starting early, um, and even within that, you know, I always tell people, have to have a balanced life. Life goes on. Outside of investing, you make good investments and bad investments. This happens in your life. Life goes on. You still have to find a way to to capture and, and build memories along the way. So life is not just about investing. So sometimes people say, they think that's all I'm about investing. Actually, don't do as much. Mm -hmm. I'm not as much or integrally involved in the actual investing mm -hmm. aspect of it. But it's something that I do love, and yeah. that's what my career has been built on um, from when I did my master's to so external exams. But that's not what I do day to day. Right. People don't really understand that, but that's fine. <laughs> um, so the younger person is also to invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. I think that's a critical, critical, critical thing. It's it's funny. Years ago, I was working at LOJ, and we went to the LOJ property management office um, to fix some computers. And there was a a three D diagram of Caribbean estates. I'm assuming maybe LOJ had uh, invested in building it or bought a a, a batch to sell off. Mm. And the lady who was running it, the property management office at LOJ. Mm said to myself and a co-worker of mine, you know, we're young people at the time, you know, 20, 21, and she said, you young people should, this is something coming up, you should buy it. 
at the time, again, fresh out of school, totally ignorant, I was like, no, but trying to buy a car. Try to buy a car, try to buy a car. And at the time, the cost of the unit was $3.5 million. And 10 years later, it was $20 million. And I thought to myself, it's, it's, so, it's so important that everybody at every stage of their life realizes the, realizes the importance of having a mentor, having somebody you who... You just took that, I'm just writing it down there. I'm like, I need to make sure I remind that that's yeah. all important. Okay, no problem. It, <laughs> you can it is. It's a mentor. And that mentor can come in different shapes or sizes. Because that lady who I did not know outside of you know work calls or work emails, she she was a mentor. She was somebody who was saying, young people, I'm telling you to do this. And I was just too ignorant to even realize the value that she was putting on my life. Did I buy it? And I could have been the car that I bought, the money I spent trying to fix the car over the years <laughs> was not worth it. Right? But again, that's just the value in life of having someone to to give you some advice, some guidance through every channel is mm. so important. Well, the truth is, that, that's very true. So let me start from the standpoint that, you know, being ignorant is, that's, uh, we're all ignorant at some point in time. Right. So we're going to miss out on opportunities yeah. like that at some point in time. I think we have to give ourselves a little bit of slack because mm. we don't know no better. Yeah. If we don't have the car, we can't go anywhere really. Mm -hmm. um, or it's very difficult. But I agree 100%. That's what I was writing it down, you know, because I, I wish I had a mentor, somebody that would guide me. Like, oh, you know, I speak to a lot of people now and I'll tell them, do this and trust me. Yeah. Just trust me. I can't tell you anything else because you might not know. I can only tell about my experience. And this is what has happened. I'm saying that based on what I've experienced in my life, trust me, do this and you will not regret. You will thank me in five years. Yeah. I wish I had somebody who was there for me generally. A lot of things I had to kind of mm -hmm. figure out on my own or figure out with my friends. We're all figuring it out together. I, I had good have a good support system mm -hmm. in terms of friends and stuff like you can connect with and share ideas but we're figuring it out together you, you really want somebody who has done it before to tell you trust me yeah trust me on this one but one thing i would say though if i could if i could go back in time and i could tell somebody that i wish i were were more aggressive i wish i were more aggressive in my earlier days my personality now and how i operate now it's, it's almost a different personality when i was 21. Mm. i don't know if that's a functional experience i don't know if just over time your circle of friends change and you know you just become more experienced you're just older you're just wiser i don't know but i wish i were more aggressive and i took more calculated risks and i, I and again it's really a function if i had that mentor somebody to guide me it doesn't even have to be within in relation to investing it could be just my personal life, life. life just to say listen this is something that you have to do somebody tell it well if you don't do so well on something or you fail at something i want somebody to be there to say trust me it's not the end of the world. And guess what? It's a learning experience. You have to look at it like that. We'll and come again. I mean, but again, you take so much time trying to develop that self-motivation now. Yeah. I mean, it would have been quicker if you had somebody else there to say, trust me. Yeah. Um, so those are the two things. I think that, I, especially the last one, aggressive. If I could have done things, uh, if I were more aggressive and more confident, I guess, I'd have done a whole lot more things different, professionally, personally. So, I mean, I try my best as possible, given the time constraints, if I can provide mentorship to somebody. Definitely. It's... Definitely. It's almost as like... It's almost as if... So, when you're younger, you know, a lot of, a lot of us, we are a bit more fearful, not too sure what to do, not as aggressive, as you said. 
and the older you get, yes, there's experience, but you also are acutely aware that the runway is running out. Yeah, man. And so you're like, if it's not no, it that's it. Correct. That's it. And I don't know if you experienced this, but you know, I'm also aware of the fact that I'm not the young person that every company will want to just pick up and hire. Those days are over. Yep. Right? We're at the stage now where you either are where you are or you're going on your own. Right? People that wouldn't hire you because you are a bit more expensive to hire, etc. Right? And so I think that the older you get, you're like, look, well, I've got 15 more years here, and so I got to go. I got to go. I, I, feel, got like to that, go. I feel like that 15 years is shrinking. I feel like it's less <laughs> now. We can't, we can't get too comfortable or complacent yeah, now. Yeah. I feel yeah, that way. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I don't think so. Because if you look at it, not in every industry, but though the age of a CEO or the age of a leader is getting younger. And so at some point, you're going to want to change it out for the younger model. It would be interesting if we had data to show, like we know the statistic where the CEOs are being younger, if we had statistics to show how, how long they're actually staying yeah. in these roles. Yeah. Compared to, I guess, before where people were there for 10, 15 years, maybe, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I agree with you. It, <laughs> it's, it's, so important, it's so amazing that some small decisions, I remember when I was doing my master's, I planned to do my master's, my colleague right beside me, right? A few of us um, young people together at the time in IT. And two of us were going to do our masters. That, that's the goal, mm -hmm. right? And then for whatever reason, I'm assuming somebody in her life told her to buy a piece of land. I'll never ever forget that. Mm -hmm. And the cost of the masters was the same as the cost of the land. And I said to her, in my ignorance, what are you going to do with it? You can't live for the land. I just, my brain couldn't fathom why would you buy land if you can't afford to buy a house? I mean, build a house mm -hmm. on the land. It just didn't make any sense to me. And guess what happened? As as you learn over time through experience, next month will come and you get paid and you keep on moving. She bought the land, she put it down, next month she get paid and she take a loan to do the, to do the masters. And she just catapulted herself just from that one decision. Correct. Just from that one decision. And... I always tell people that we're one decision away from being super wealthy or super broke. It's not, don't ever, don't ever think that you can't get wealthy because anybody can. I don't ever think that you can't go broke because anybody can. We're all, you know, some small decision away from making a huge mistake or a huge bingo. Yeah, man. Um, and I think everybody can probably relate that there's this one, there's been a circumstance in life that they've probably missed. Or have capitalized on yeah. that, that that you know that's worked out great for them. Um, and unfortunately for me, I think I've I think I've more opportunities that I've missed <laughs> than, I've, than I've capitalized on. Um, just based on just the nature of you know being a little bit more risk averse um, earlier and not having that mentor. I mean, everybody has that experience, especially with real estate. You find people yeah. say, "Boy, I, I wish I'd bought that." that property, that apartment, that land. Yeah. That's a, such a common thing amongst people nowadays. So even now. It could be a bad thing. But I mean, I still, I'm a person, I, I, I do a lot of due diligence. I don't, I'm not irrational. I'm not impractical. I still have to do it. I might do it faster. Right. Uh, and I, and I'm, because of the experience now, I have more information mm -hmm. I can collate and put together. But definitely when I see good opportunities now, I've literally said yes. Not knowing how. Yeah. But again, it works out. You'll figure it out. When you have a good opportunity, you'll be surprised what you can do under pressure. Yeah. Yeah, man. So when I see a good opportunity, I tell you, I'm in. 
Let me just give me some time. Yeah. I'll figure out how I'm going to make it work. Write me down. Call me next time for the next yeah, meeting. Man. Just call me. But yeah. week time, no problem. I'll be there. And I'll go home and I will stay up. I'll wake up early. I'll write on my paper because I'm very old school still. <laughs> and I'll write down, map it out. I'll draw it out. Because again, it's just a matter of if you have that determination, it will work out. It will work out. Yeah. And if it's, if it's one thing I definitely want people listening to know, it's a very, very serious thing. We tend to fool ourselves or again financial literacy right we don't realize that to what you said earlier about buying property and stuff like that early mm-hmm. a car is well tra- traditionally a car was a five-year loan the way 10 years now which is a ripoff but that's a different story traditional cars a five-year loan houses are based on your age right when you buy a house at 20, 25, you get your 40-year runway, right? At 30, you just lost 10 years off of it. And that's a reality. And so in your mind, it may seem as if, how can I afford this big house? Not realizing that the house payments may be the same as the car payments because it's a shorter runway for the car. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, again, I didn't have that financial literacy growing up. So I was like, I can't afford to buy this big house, but then I buy this small car. But the car was probably more than a house if I was serious about it. Again, that's, you're only going to get that through experience or having a yeah. mentor. Yeah. Uh, it, that's, that's just reality. And at the age, too, sometimes you have to give yourself some slack. Well, that's, not, that's just not the focus. Yeah. That's just not the focus. But if you have somebody who can share that vision with you and to make that sacrifice, I mean, it, it, it can be life-changing. Yeah. It, it can be life-changing. Yeah. Um, and people... If you, and I think because of maybe house prices have moved significantly, you know, people have that challenge of finding that down, mm-hmm. that deposit. Um, it's a big thing for big, people. Big. It's a big thing for people. But again, where there's a will, there's a way. What I found though with persons is that sometimes we don't put our hat where we can reach it. Yeah. So sometimes I say, well, they're thinking too far down the road. Well, so what will happen when I get married mm-hmm. and I have kids? Well, you worry about that at the time. When you get there. Because you don't... You're not getting married next year, you know, so or, or the following year as it based on your plan. So you have a bit of time. T- better you take a studio now mm-hmm. and hold it. Just, just take, figure that out when the time comes. Yeah. Build up your equity and you can you don't know what the price will be in three years' time. You might be able to sell it, make a big profit. That same money that you've made will not be able to pay for that deposit on a bigger property. Yeah. So sometimes people they have this ideal scenario in their head. You know, I want a two bedroom. Or I want a house. Yeah, man, we all do. But we have to start off small. Sometimes people don't want to go through that. You know, no different than cars. Sometimes people don't want to... uh, We don't want to buy a small car initially. We want to go straight to the car that... It's our ideal car. If you're not willing to make that sacrifice and believe you're going to have a problem. There's something you said earlier that... I think we should think of or... Think of older persons giving us advice... As think of it like back to the future. Think of that older person gives advice as us going back in time to tell us information. That's how we should look at it. Because that older person who's telling you to buy the quote unquote small car though to invest in a house is from their own experience. And sometimes we don't we don't take the time to even ask them what did you go through? Because we may see them driving a Benz that realize that they drove 15 different cars before they got the Benz and it took them a while to get to the point of owning a Benz or the house that they're in now is house number 10 
they bought a studio first. Maybe they lost the studio because they could afford it. Then they had to rent somewhere. Then they bought, like everybody has a journey, and I think sometimes we we rob ourselves of realizing that there's a journey behind everything. What you're seeing in front of you is the tail end of probably 20 years of trying to get somewhere. And so therefore ask somebody, okay, how do you get here? How do you afford this house? And they will give you step by step by step how, how long it took them to even think about getting there. Remember, you know, a function of it also is, is, your, is your circle. You have to be you have to be with people who have experience mm-hmm. or you might have to be surrounded by people who have a similar objective yeah so if, you, if you're around persons who have this a similar objective it might make it a little bit different or difficult for you psychologically to achieve it you know you might not necessarily want to drive a small car if all your friends are driving i guess a bigger car mm-hmm. i mean but guess what if everybody's on the same wavelength so listen i'm driving a simple car because guess what i'm only going to work on home so i don't need a big car mm-hmm. that extra money that thirty thousand or forty thousand, I know I'm saving on that, saving that more that I can put towards that deposit. Yeah. In two years' time, I know I can have that deposit, or it can go towards buying stocks, which will contribute to me having that deposit. In yeah. again, that's that speaks to how diligent that process is of financial planning. Yeah, that is the type of thing that you. Everybody's different. There was a point in time, right before COVID, um, I, I sold my car and got a different car, cause I'm like, well, I'm not going anywhere. I don't need to be paying this car loan. I'll take a very simple car. I don't even love the car. Mm-hmm. I hate the car. Still have the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but guess what? I'm willing to sacrifice that today feeling, that current utility, yeah. because, because it's not worth it. Yeah. And it can, I can capitalize on something. And I know that maybe in two or three years' time, I'll be in a very good position. I can get back something nicer. But again, I'm, I have that experience. Yeah. Uh, I'm surrounded by people with like mind who understand that cars are not, you know... Luxury is, is, is a facade sometimes. It's a you know? facade. You know what I mean? We understand it. So I'm around, as I'm, I feel supported. I feel at home. Yeah. When I tell somebody, I might get a high five. When I tell them that <laughs> yeah, story, yeah. I say, oh, you sold your car and you got a cheaper one and you Yo. never love it just because you want to save more money. I might get a high five, the man, boom off your face, yeah. Richard, you're the man. Smart. Yeah, man. You know, versus you now if you're around another set of people and say, yo, where you going to eat that like carrot? Yeah. Yo, where you going to eat them carrot? It all depends on what the focus is. I have this, I have the confidence now. Um, that I know I have my objective. Yeah. My objective. And I'm focused on my objective. Every month I am happy. Yeah. I'm happier now versus having my car sit out there, nice car, doing nothing, because I can't go anywhere because we're locked down half of the time. Mm-hmm. So it, it it really that's where the mentorship comes in. That's why people have surrounded yourself with people with a similar goal in mind. It makes a difference. You feel at home, you feel more confident about what you're doing. And again, it's experience. I know that it's gonna work out. Yeah. I know that it's going to work out. And again, I'm all about balance. Not saying that somebody should want a nice car or buy a nice car. You should because we only live once. And, but again, you have to determine when is the best time for you to execute or not. What's yeah. the optimal time? And that's all I tell people. And you I have think, to determine. As you said, optimal time because it, it's such an interesting thing, you know. There are, there are people out there who you buy the car you feel nice in the car, the car is comfortable, right? But there's a joy that you're that you're following that you don't get from buying the car. Because it's just a car. And then you no, know, when your friends say, Hey, we're going to go to Ocho for the weekend, you're like, Boy, I can't really afford it right now because the car payments. And so you've you've given up 
true enjoyment with friends, which is usually a, a guaranteed thing, for that assume joy with a material possession, possession, that probably won't give it. Well, every person needs to assess it. What? Where do you get your utility? Yeah. If you get a utility from your car, some people love cars. True. There's nothing wrong with that. Spend money where you get the utility or where you get the satisfaction. Mm-hmm. I know people who say, I don't care what I drive because I want to travel. Right. Once I travel, go to a different country, I'm perfectly fine. That brings me happiness. Who cares who I reach from A to B? Mm-hmm. Some people love cars. Some, I, have a, I have a friend that uh, he won't even go to the movies. No, I'm saying movies too expensive. No, he, because he gets a satisfaction by watching it on his 8-inch TV mm-hmm. at home. Right. Nothing is wrong with that. Yeah. But guess what? He might spend also 200,000 on rims because <laughs> yeah. he gets that satisfaction. Yeah, Each person needs to just focus on where they get their satisfaction and balance and manage that. Yeah. That's all. So it's not right or wrong. Sometimes we get into this conversation as to what is right and what is wrong. It's not right or wrong. Each person just needs to be responsible yeah. and manage that aspect of it. Spend the money where you get the utility. If you get happiness from it, no problem. But you still need to be balanced and make sure you invest in prepare for next year and the following year, mm-hmm. etc. And once you're doing that, whatever you choose to spend that discretionary portion on, that's your business. Your business. Even if it's a uh, depreciating asset or it could be something that's not even an asset. It's yeah. also it's just an expense. Yeah. It's all we still have to live and we still have to enjoy our lives as best as possible. Yeah. So I think people sometimes get into this, we get into this what you should and should not do. No, only and, to tell people balance and judging people. Yeah. You, can't, you can't judge someone based on what makes them happy. Cause we don't know. So, for example, that person they might not they might spend um, money on foolishness, but they might not do anything else for the month. Yeah, yeah. They might not do anything else, so they're saving more than probably even the person who is yeah. quote unquote disciplined and yeah. living that balanced life. People are are humans. They yeah. they can do whatever they want to do. Just need to be balanced and still be disciplined. It's all gonna boil down to discipline. So, Richie said that, you know, everything you've done so far has led you up to where you are now, you know, investing, finance, you love it. What's next for you? What's next for me? Um, Next 20 years. Next 20 years, (laughs) boy. I I feel like I'm getting old because I've been eyeing retirement. (laughs) I feel like I'm getting old. I'm like, can I take early retirement? Can I take 55? Uh, Yeah, I want early retirement. I don't know. I can't manage this, this 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 industry, this work. It's too much. Um, I, I try not to think too long term because what I found over time is that your, your desires change. You can take on entrepreneurship. You might just move into another field. Um, but ultimately, though, um, I do enjoy I enjoy leadership. Um, so I think that anything that I can I can do that involves leadership, I'll be I'll be comfortable with. It could be within the industry. I love the industry. I mean, it's dynamic. It's constantly changing. I feel like every week I go to work, there's something changing, something new learning. I'm learning. Um, but if it's outside the industry, I'm also open to that because, again, we have one life. Um, and you find that a lot of persons, especially now, they, they've been in the industry for a long time and they've, they've ventured out into something that is non-financial related. That's, I've, I've been noticing that. And that's because opportunities are a lot more opportunities. People going into real estate, they're going into development, they're going into consultancy. So there's so many different options and opportunities. For me, um, I just love leadership. I love working with people. I love being a part of change. Yeah, I don't have to be the leader, but I love being a part of change. I, I've always been that person. Um, but definitely, as I've, I've developed and moved up 
in the ranks in, in companies, I do want to be, I like leadership. I do like leadership. I, I try to read a lot of leadership books. Um, some of them are extremely boring, but again, we'll need to find a way. Uh, I'm very cognizant that I won't know everything and I need to get the knowledge somehow. I can talk to people, but I also have to, you know, extract that value from books, etc. re-listening to podcasts, etc. Because again, if I, if that's something that, I spoke about investing in yourself. If that's something that you, you, you found that you're passionate about, I have to be doing something extra to reflect that. I can't be passionate about something but not doing anything about it. That's like somebody who plays a sport, they love football, but they don't train. It, it's a conundrum to me. So, you know, anything that I do, it have to do with, something to do with leadership. But I'm, again, I'm a different person now, probably a lot more aggressive um, than I was 15 years ago. So for me, you know, I look at all opportunities, but I definitely love leadership. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation. If you enjoyed it and you want to dive into a similar What Next episode, check out the links in the podcast description or head to the whatnextpodcast.com. And remember, make it your mission to make somebody else's day better. <laughs>